this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Hello, everyone. Hi, AK. Hi. Guess what episode it is. Do you know? Like what number, I mean? No. And what's funny is I was even going to consciously go look just so I could be like, haha, in your face. I know your numbers better than you. And Two- I never did. 208. Nicely done. 208, which seems, I don't know, weird. It feels like I recorded episode 216 years ago. <laughs> so when I see 208, it's like, that can't be right. But time has no meaning. Somehow, 208. Um, we're going to do, I guess we do this often. We're going to do a horror movie in August because we can. Yeah. And then we're going to do another horror movie next week. And then I think one after that. So October is going to have very little meaning when it rolls around and we're like, it's horror month after. (laughs) So was August. And also technically, so was September. It was just the same horror movie four times. When fans a horror movie. Well, let's call it a suspense thriller. Uh, okay i put that in quotes because calling swim fan anything other than a five out of ten movie i imagine (laughs) i guess we'll find out soon enough um what are we doing here today this week feels like kind of a cheat (laughs) how is it a cheat because i just pounced on something you said it was like oh that's easy Uh, Well, I mean, yes. And let's be honest, I'm probably the only person left on the face of the planet who had yet to see Nightmare on Elm Street. But here we are. Here we are with a Nightmare on Elm Street, because you said the other night, uh, hey, I'm watching this for the first time. And I saw that and went, you know what? I probably don't even need to watch the movie again. (laughs) This is just an easy one. I did. did. (laughs) I did. But let's just say it got not all of it wasn't a sit like I'll be straight with the audience. It wasn't a sit down. This gets all of my attention movie because it's been for reasons I can't get into on the podcast quite a couple of weeks. So Mm. finding a little bit of a loophole to get to next week. I I, I pounced on that. Okay. Well, I I guess I'll, I'll be the loophole then (laughs) you are. Yeah. But you know, I will, I would have wanted to do this anyway. It's just the timing worked out very well. <laughs> see, see, everything happens for a reason, I guess. And I know, watching Freddy. I know this movie kind of front and back. So it's one of those. Um, usually it then leads into a full franchise watch. I don't know if I will do it, but when I finished the first one, it's like, Every instinct was, we'll just throw on the second one. We're, we're watching number five tonight. <laughs> We've been doing That's, one a night. I'm very curious to hear about that. And also now people are probably wondering, well, hang on. Don't you have another podcast where you go through fr- franchises and rank them? Why are you not doing that? And I, one, it's kind of none of your business. <laughs> so maybe stop asking dangerous questions. Two. I don't want to say for sure, but I think we, you and I have settled on what our next yep. horror franchise will be. Uh, 
and third, well, I mean, third, I just made you do one. So also let's give you a little bit of a break. You know, there's that. But also for kind of what I just said, I know this franchise inside and out. And I've said many times before, once these podcasts stop being fun for me, you know, I don't want it to seem like a job. Right. And I don't know the passion for like the nightmare one doing the whole series. Like I already, I know what my ranking is. So it would just be me and you maybe fighting about (laughs) like your opinion, like your new opinion versus my, and it wouldn't be fun to listen to because I've had that ranking for like 20 years. So I'd be like, I'm not changing my mind. This is my ranking. Well, and it's kind of, I'm almost enjoying these movies more because it's not an assignment. Like, yeah. I don't have to be thoroughly invested. I don't have to be watching, having to think of semi-intelligent statements to make in front of other people. Instead, I can just be, you know, pissing around on my phone and half watching because last night's number four was not very good. Oh, I like number four a lot. It's so good. Oh, number three. Number three was great. Three is great, but I like four a lot because that's, it's such a goopy movie. It like, is. All of the practical effects are just drippy and gross. And like the Roach Motel thing is that was pretty good. Although, you know, I'm obviously watching it with my husband because God forbid if we did anything separate and just the fact that he kept bitching last night about the recast. I mean, we were halfway through that movie and he's like, God damn, no Arquette. Like, okay, let things go, bud. Come on. Also, spoilers, everyone. Obviously, we're going to spoil the first movie, but let's just spoil the fourth. It doesn't matter for very long (laughs) that that character has been recast. No, and that that was that added fuel to his fire. Like, oh my god, they couldn't even get her for half the goddamn. Like, dude, dude, she had a baby. It's fine. Which is a much more valid reason than mine. Which I thought is she just wanted more money, but nope, she was growing a little human. Which is a very good reason to not want to do Nightmare on Elm Street four. Very much, and also potentially the script for Nightmare on Elm Street four. But I like that movie. I also think. And then we'll get into the first movie. Here's just the abbreviated franchise discussion. I just, I feel like too, most people's rankings of these movies are pretty consistent. Like we were, when we were chatting in the group and other people were checking in their rankings, maybe a couple were flipped, but they were all pretty much the same. So, um, so let's just talk about, you know, the objective best one in the franchise and maybe down the road, Flipping through franchises will cover the nightmare movies, but I, I, in this moment, I'm going to crush everyone's dreams right there <laughs> for the selfish reason of I'm just not that interested in doing it. And then creative license, it's your yep. baby. It's like, wouldn't you guys rather hear me and Rob talk about wrestling for six episodes? Because that's what's next. Perfect. And then maybe I was telling Sam also, I guess I don't call her that on this podcast, but. Um, Oh, I do. Wait, yeah, no, you do. I got You're confused. So confused right now. What? Oh man, what podcast am I recording again? Um, yeah, I was telling her about some of the fr- flipping through franchises ideas, and she was like, "That's so stupid and not a franchise." It's like I know, but that's why I want to do it. So, anyway, we did Nightmare on Elm Street. You had never seen it before. I had not. I actually knew nothing about it going in. Like when Johnny Depp's name showed up on the opening credits, I was like, holy shit, he's in this. Oh, wow. That's the level of background we're going in with. Yeah, nothing. I knew Freddy Krueger existed and he had the weird knife fingers and wore striped. Did you know he he killed you in your dreams? 
I assume um, yes. Yeah, I, I think I did know that. I knew there was dream aspects, but I didn't know how it connected or I, I mean, I went in totally blind. It's more fun picturing you discovering that that's what he does. And then just looking at your husband and going like, that's fucked up because we all got to sleep. What are we going to do? Like, well, that's well, the, like, what are you going to do? Well, and the thing is, is so I do have periodic nightmares. I have very vivid dreams. I have nightmares occasionally where I wake up, you know, gasping. It, it, it just, it happens. It's just part of sharing your life with me. We went to bed the night of watching it and I had one of those. And so now my husband's adamant that I shouldn't be watching Freddie. I'm like, it had nothing to do with him. I woke up and thought somebody was standing over the bed. I'm sorry if I flailed a little bit. It wasn't Fred. That might've happened if we'd watched ET. You just got to roll the dice on these things. Which is another movie I have yet to see. So, you know, there's that. We should get to ET. I always file those things away like, oh, we'll do a Spielberg month. It's like, no, just do the movies. Just just do idiot. Them. Just do the movies. Agendas are overrated. Uh, I've seen this movie probably 20 times, I would say. Um, it's too bad. I kind of immediately now associate these movies with the start of the pandemic because you said that. Yeah. At the start of the pandemic, um, our group was doing. Uh, it's back somehow I was able to attend those things like now it's almost impossible but somehow I was pulling it off when my kids were even younger every second Saturday we did a nightmare movie and between four and five the world shut down and it's kind of too bad we don't have those group chats archived or maybe we do because boy I bet our tone was so different compared to four which we were watching the weekend that things were getting kind of kind of dodgy and then five, when it was like, well, we're all at home all the time. Anyway, we could watch this whenever because I'm always here. Oh. So that was my last rewatch, unfortunately. Huh. But prior to that, like I had these on VHS. I had the DVD box set. I have the Blu-ray box set. I've been watching these ones forever. Forever. I didn't <laughs> nice even mean to say nice that the and I started to say it like the Sandlot and then tried to walk it back, but it was too late. Well, um, no, and it's funny because, you know, we, my, my husband and I, we've been together forever and he's always wanted me to watch these movies because this is his favorite slasher franchise. And he's always been super about it. And I, I've never cared to watch horror. And then honestly, since we did Paranormal, now I'm like, I can handle anything, put it on. So, and, and yeah, and actually I've been thoroughly enjoying it. If nothing else, I'm so intrigued by these effects. They They're are so, so good. good. So they good. They're so good. The disappointing thing is that a lot of these discs don't have enough bonus features because I just want to mm-hmm. absorb every detail I can about, you know, it's the 80s. Yep. So if someone goes, we need to turn a lady into a cockroach, should be like, okay, just make her wear some green screen armbands and then we'll figure it out later. It's like, okay we have to figure out how to make up this lady into a cockroach. Yep. Well, and then what was really interesting is we did the nightmare on Elm street on one night. And then the next night we watched the remake, the 2010 remake, just so we could kind of compare shot for shot, which is smart because when we did our rewatch, that was at the very end. So we did one through seven, Freddie versus Jason. And then the remake. So at that point we're like, you know, three months removed 
if not yeah. more. We we did it. And, and there were so many that they tried to do shot for shot. And it was such a bad movie. It's so bad that like that remake tanked everyone's career. Like Platinum Dunes was the Michael Bay owned company that was remaking all these horror movies. I think they just two weeks ago announced that they were back, but it, it sank them. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm looking them up now. I don't think the director has worked since. Wow. Well, but, and it, like, it, and I was, oh, I was all fine with it. You know, I, I kind of like the whole character switcheroo. I love how this podcast is just all over the place, but you know, like the same thing that happened to me when we were first watching the original nightmare, like I thought everything was going to be fixated on Tina. I thought Tina was going to be the main character and then she's killed off relatively quickly. You know, they did the exact same thing with the remake and I was like, okay, okay, I can get into this. And then as soon as they did the whole like Freddie through the top of the bed, like, yeah, bullshit like in the original that was cool as shit you could tell it was like a canvas or a sheet but just they the lighting yeah i think it was like was this so freaking cool yeah it's like a, i think they put like latex or something in that yeah. piece of the wall so he can press himself against it yeah and then you see the remake where they just use cg and it just looks 10 times worse yeah exactly it looks and- so bad Well, and even how they did it with the latex and then immediately almost uh, there must have been editing because obviously, but even the way that she turned around and hung the crucifix up on the wall, like just immediately showing that seamlessness, how the wall went back to normal. That was so well done. And then the first major effect we see in the remake was that bullshit CGI is like, "Mm, peace out. I'm done. Yeah. Oh, the first one's low. Like the the Tina death is still oh, fantastic where she's God, being dragged amazing. along where she's being like dragged out of bed and up across the ceiling, but we're seeing it from the perspective of the guy who's awake. So, so all good. we see is that. And they did that by literally building a room that they could rotate around. Wow. Like the, the late it's I've almost forgot how many iconic, like the glove coming out of the bathtub. Yep. yep. There's so many. And this movie was made for nothing. This movie had a budget of less than $2 million. I think I read right before we connected like 1.1 million. Yeah. Like it was made for nothing. It made that back immediately. The whole legacy around Mm -hmm. this movie is that new line who released it. This was pretty much it for them. They were done. Like they were dead in the water. And then this movie came out and revived them. Yeah, because um, they were, it's like the house that Freddie built. The or house something, that Freddie right? built. Yeah. And See, then, I did research. Woo. Then the house, <laughs> the house proceeded to milk every goopy practical effect drop from the teat of Nightmare on Elm Street because, yep. wow, we got one of them a year. This was the saw of the 80s. Actually, no, I think like Halloween and Friday the 13th, all of them, I think, were annual cycles too. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I, I think it was just, it was the 80s. Everybody wanted the slasher. Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I collect 80s slasher movies on you know Blu-ray and stuff. And Shocking. every time every time I think I've got a handle on it, I'll find like there's six more I had no idea existed. Like a company will be like, oh, and here's this one from 89. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I didn't like I think I have like over a hundred of them and I'm still discovering, like, wait, there's one with a guy in a teddy bear mascot running around killing people. Forty dollars. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> my money uh, but no I, guess, I, I was very impressed with the, just every effect in this movie the acting was not great I think it's the lead the nancy nancy couldn't act her way out of a paper bag she kind of pulled me out every time she tried to emote and it was just like 
I don't know cardboard. if I can follow you down that path or not. I think she's Wasn't very good. Oh. I think the, and I think the character is great. I think I I know she always is on the ranking of, you know, best final girls in a horror movie. It's always like her and Laurie Strode, but I don't know. I feel yeah, like Laurie like- Strode, you know, at the end had to get it together because of a you know matter of circumstances like well this guy in a mask is trying to kill me i better fight back whereas nancy pretty early on makes that switch to go okay there's not much i can do about this so i'm just gonna become the aggressor yep and i agree with you i very much enjoyed her character that was refreshing just to see she was ready to go she home alone that shit at the end of it i thoroughly enjoyed that didn't care for the actress some of that where she was trying to be all dramatic it just seemed so wooden to me and maybe it was the 80s you know i mean maybe that was just the level of expectation i don't know because i mean even like johnny depp i thought he was really good right from the get-go yeah johnny depp it's not hard to see Mm -hmm. you know let's let's choose to just focus on 80s johnny depp and not 2022 events of johnny depp correct um Uh, yes yeah it's it's pretty easy to watch this movie and go I completely understand why that guy became yes. super famous. Yes, even with all of the floopy hair. Because <laughs> he was so Oh floopy. man, uh, I just wanted to tussle it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I mean he he came on the screen and immediately very believable teenage, you know, boyfriend, very believable. I I struggled a little bit with Nancy's actress. Well, I think you're wrong. Okay, that's fine. You you can be wrong too. That's I don't think that's how it works. Uh, I guess we never actually set up the plot, but I, I feel like there's, I don't think there's that many horror movies where you can just so succinctly sell the premise and everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. Like when you say, oh, it's a guy who kills you in your dreams. That's what, seven, eight words? A guy who kills you in your dreams. Eight words. And you tell that to someone and they go, oh, shit. That's uh, what what do you wow. Like it's an Mm -hmm. infinite potential. And thank God they executed on that well, because it is like if they had executed on it poorly, we would just have this like, man, there was so much potential. And the idea of that random Wes Craven movie, it's too bad they botched it. Um, Well, and I also loved how you just jump right in. Like they started talking about how they're getting, they're having weird dreams and boom, they're into it. There, there's no major prologue buildup. We don't care about who these characters are. They throw a little bit at, it's like probably what, two thirds of the way through to explain who Freddie is. But I mean, they just, we're into it. Somebody's trying to kill us in our dreams. Yep. The origin story is delivered later on by the mom of Nancy. And then we just have the opening scene of him building the glove, which is a nice, good, creepy little bit of foreshadow, you know, setup. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's any other unique horror movie type premises or franchises or entries in the horror genre where you can so quickly just say that and people go, oh, no. Like, you know, I'm thinking of all the other classics, Friday the 13th, Halloween. It's like dude in mask kills people like that would suck. But OK, right. I just I don't know. I feel yeah. like the he kills you in your dreams is an immediate. Oh, shit. The only other one that came to mind is it follows, but it takes a little longer to explain. I that. So. don't even know what that is. Uh, Monster will never stop following you ever. Nope, you're over the eight limit. Yeah. <laughs> no, 
I'm not. Monster will not stop following you ever. That's seven. Oh, well, I can't count. So, you know, whatever. There's more to it than that, obviously. (laughs) But the basic premise of that movie is there's a creature that will always, no matter what you do, be very slowly coming to get you. So it's that whole um, social media looking for engagement thing of, you know, if you had a million dollars and the the snail snail. question. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's essentially that, but a good movie. And it's amazing (laughs) that like a decade later, anytime anyone poses that question, you'll get a billion like that's just like it follows. It's like, yeah, the 14 people in front of you said that, too. (laughs) 16 hours ago. Welcome to the conversation, dude on the Internet. Who has to be the one in the comments to say, I understand this. Good. (laughs) I think you're supposed to. Ah, what was I saying? There should be an It Follows episode eventually. I haven't seen that one since theaters, but man, I remember that being a damn good movie that tapped into a childhood fear of mine. You remember that story? Now it's an It Follows episode. You remember that story where it varies? The version I always heard, I think it was a toe where like someone will find a toe or a tail. And I think often in the, in the story, they'll like, oh, I'm starving and I'm going to cook and eat this tail. And then that night, sometimes it's a phone call, depending on the era it takes place. And sometimes it's not. They'll hear a voice saying like, you know, I'm coming to get my tail. I'm outside the house. I'm coming to get my tail. I'm downstairs. I'm coming to get my tail. I'm coming. That used to terrify me. I'm home alone right now. And now I'm getting the freaking willies. (laughs) Like, why did you do that? Like always as a kid, I was like, oh my God. And like, there was a, a video game that tapped into like, a Wii game where because there was a speaker on the Wii remote. And as you journeyed through this level, you'd get a call that a voice would tell you, like, you know, I'm two floors mm-hmm. down. It's like, oh, I don't like this. Yes, because it was a part of that um story collection from that was geared towards more teenagers or kids or something with the sketchy, like the scary stories drawn. to tell in the yes, dark. Yes, that one. We Thank did you. an episode on those really, really, really early on. And the whole idea was we were going to do dramatic readings and then realized like the day we were going to record it, like, wait, we could probably just get in a lot of trouble if we literally read a book and then publish it as a podcast. Maybe. So we had to like quickly change what it was and don't bother listening to that episode. It's it was it was the result of panic. <laughs> um, anyway, back to Nightmare on Elm Street. How do we even tackle this? I mean, the plot is there's a little bit more to it than that. I do like mm-hmm. the gradual reveal. Like it's hard. Obviously, now we all know the backstory, but I do like the way it unfolds is for most of the movie. You have no idea who this guy is. You have no idea why this is happening. And you start to suspect like the parents don't seem surprised. No. Here that no. this the, to, like there was a couple like Fred like, how do you know that name? Fred Krueger. And then the mom gets drunk and reveals like, hey, anyway, yeah, I totally helped murder that guy. Yep. I did thoroughly enjoy in all of the mom scenes, there was a jumping bottle of gin. Have you ever yeah. noticed that? Yeah. So it would be in one shot and then it'd be a not in the next shot and then it'd be in that shot, but not in that shot. So I, I for some reason, I fixated on the gin. I don't know why. It's the whole sins of the, you know, mm-hmm. the sins of the father passed on to the sin of the son. It's well, probably a saying. Yeah. And, and I kind of chuckled too, because the whole premise is that he's coming back to get revenge on the people who killed him and he's killing their children. Okay, fine. But then it, I don't like, why did she, like, why did the mom join the vigilante crowd just because it seemed like a good time on a Saturday night? Cause like well, her be- kid wasn't murdered. 
but there was 20 other kids that were murdered. So didn't those parents take yeah. care of it? So well, she no, just, she just she's very anti-child murder. Apparently. So she believes in the cause. Hmm. So yeah, I'd, I just feel like if you had okay, so 20 kids. So if you factor in half of those parents, so 10, so 20 individuals, plus all of the rest of the people in the pitch fart crowd. You've got a group of probably like 40 adults that flat out murdered a guy. And did the cops just go or like, I, I don't I I think way yes. too far into this. I mean, okay. the dad totally he was a cop, right? Yeah. I think it was just sort of a, you know what? I'm not happy about what you did, but I'm okay with the results of what you did. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to call this a mulligan. Don't do it again. <laughs> you know, I do. Let's have go to, have brunch. Right. I, I do have to say, though, I appreciated this backstory more than what they tried to do in the remake. Oh and I God. know that you like how they tried to turn it around, that he was innocent. But to me, that was such a weird. I, I don't know. They should have just kept it with the original. That was I so disagree, weird because why then are you even bothering to remake it? Like the, the one thing they do change is in the in this one, the 84 version, he was written to be a child molester and changed to a child murderer. And then the remake, they change it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I should probably put warnings on this episode, but I think also people know what they're getting into with these movies which is a whole other side topic we'll get into about the whole child murderer, but now you can buy a lunchbox with his face on it thing. Um, In the remake, and they introduced the idea, if I remember right, way too late anyway. Like by that Mm -hmm. point, we've already seen, you know, even if he, he's still a creepy dude. Right. I like the idea and I wish they had done something with it. Spoilers for the remake. They introduced the idea that, when the kids went to their parents and said, Hey, Fred, the janitor did something gross and awful that they were lying. Right. And so the parents took justice in their own hands, killed an innocent guy. And now he's mad. And I was like, you know what? Hey, if you're going to do this remake, all, all the power to you. Like that's an interesting idea is that like this dude did nothing wrong and he's just super mad. You don't even need to change that much outside of that like he still wouldn't be able to be reasoned with etc etc he has a very valid reason perhaps even a more valid reason to be angry and then they just go no he's exactly what you thought he was yeah because then they're like they thought that it was he was falsely accused and he was innocent and then later on they find photos and go oh my gosh he really was a mole they just flip-flopped and then like i said i i fix it i fixate on weird stuff we all know this by now i fixated on the fact that in that remake they're like this is fred the janitor he lives in the basement of the preschool and everyone's like oh okay little billy go to the school with the creepy dude that lives in the basement sometimes hey again different times i don't know but it wasn't different times because that was still set in like the 2000s. Yeah, but it was trying to be loyal to the one from 84. Yeah, see uh, that that to be honest with you, that was the part of the entire story that I just went, mm, I don't that's believe where that. it broke yeah, you. That's where it broke me with the dream demon running around inside yeah. people's dreams going, look at how big my arms are. That right? was all fine. <laughs> that was totally fine. But as soon as you have the janitor living in the basement, like in a creepy cell tight, like next to the boiler and there's a preschool upstairs and all these parents are like, that's cool. I'm like, "Eh, yeah, you lost me. 
I'm not going to sit here and say that as a parent, if someone, if some, my kid came home and told me that, I wouldn't be like, hang on. What'd you say? Right. I painted watercolors. No, 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 no. After that. So, yeah. But also in that hypothetical scenario, have I seen this movie? In which case, I'd be like, guess who's never going to that school again? And she'd go, why? And I'd go, watch this. This is yeah. what will happen if you stay at that school. Burn it down. Although, as your father, I will at least believe you. Right. Because no, none of the no. parents believe their children in this movie. Even no. when the, like, because they, when they find out, you know, hey, it's Fred Krueger, they're just like, that's impossible. He's dead. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, let's at least explore <laughs> this idea a little bit more about how your kid is like, hang on. Magically knew about it before the time of the internet. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's still that trope of don't believe the kids and they get up to shenanigans. You know, speaking of shenanigans, one thing I thought was really, really interesting is there was no boobs in this movie. Like for an 80s slasher movie, that was weird. We didn't see boobs until the third one. Uh, Yeah. The only time we come kind of close is when Nancy's pulled right under the water. I think you see like side nipple, but there's no, nothing gratuitous. Like even exactly Tia, Tina and Rod's sex scene is happening off camera. Mm-hmm. And it's more almost a comedic sex scene because yeah, they're, they're just... so obnoxiously loud. Yeah. But yeah, I was really surprised by that because I thought that was just almost a staple of 80 slasher movies is gratuitous boobs. And something I appreciated too about this movie, obviously it's hard now it's to review this movie, you know, in a vacuum or whatever the expression is, especially because you've seen some of the sequels, you know, right. tonally where these are going. Obviously I know tonally where these things are going. So always when I do, you know, the rewatch and by the time I get to the end and, you know, Freddie's dead is just a fucking cartoon show. <laughs> It act like wait till you get to this tomorrow will be six, right? If this yep, pattern yep, can, okay. Yep, we're doing one a night. Report back on six. <laughs> six is just a fucking Saturday morning cartoon. Um and then you loop back, you know, okay. I ended up well, actually, I technically end on Freddy versus Jason, which is also kind of goofy. And then you loop back to the start. And this one, like all of the murders are usually happening from the perspective of the real world. So when you see Mm -hmm. Tina getting slashed up and dragged around the walls, when uh, Rod is being hung in his jail cell, when Johnny Depp is dragged into the bed, you don't see Freddie there, you know, giggling and wrapping the bedsheet around Rod's neck. Whereas in the sequels, you absolutely do. Like it's always, you'll get a little like, cut back to the real world right at the end but you're usually seeing like here's freddie doing the stuff there's even kind of another bed thing in the third movie and you see him like here oh no that's the fourth movie the water the bed. fourth yep the water and bed. he's there like here i am mm-hmm. i was a naked lady but now i'm not come down under the water and in his, obviously those ones aren't trying to be as because by that point you know freddie's on he's got records and rap songs and He's going to rap in tonight's movie. Get ready for that. Um, <laughs> only over the end credits, though. So don't turn it off. Um, are, you, are you sure it wasn't the fourth one? Because we listened to some kind of rap on the fourth one. And my husband's been singing it all flipping more. I think he only joins on the rap for the fifth movie. Okay. Okay. Well. And it's exactly like, my name's Freddie. You're going to be daddy. It's like, oh, God, no. Yes. Robert Englund, why would you do this? 
I'm in your I, dreams. I, it's just what it seems. Oh, God. Because, I mean, I do agree. I really, really liked the deaths in the first one. And again, like, I mean, I shouldn't technically to have this conversation reach into the subsequent ones, but... We like, might as well. Just, right. Yeah. So, I mean, in comparison, the first deaths, the first movie deaths are just... Like, I, I'm struggling for a word. It's not classy, because obviously that's not... They're just... Blunt. They're crisper. They're just they're they're just to the point, and yeah. they they fit more within the concept of being killed in your dreams. But in a way, except for I guess the Johnny Depp death, it's going to be pretty hard to explain that one away as a real world <laughs> cause, right? But like the Rod one is just like a perfect setup mm-hmm. that the real world people would go, oh, he, you know, because yeah, Rod's in jail because they think right. he killed Tina. Because why wouldn't they? He was inside a locked room with now a, a dead woman and so he they're like oh he hung himself in his cell and exactly. the later movies become less concerned about a real world explanation for what people just saw happen mm-hmm. well the f- that's not fair like the fourth movie when he like sucks the life out of someone they just like oh she had an asthma attack so right. i guess there well, is and, some and of that yeah and like in the third one when they tend and puppet the guy up to the uh tower and he jumps he just to them he just jumped so okay what i'm saying is not technically fair but i do stand by that the first movie is just more concerned about like awful horrifying potentially believable occurrences yeah whereas Mm -hmm. the later movies and i'm not saying i think this stuff is awesome is more concerned about upping itself yes and five is the same like five is going like (laughs) each one looks at the previous one and goes how do we ridiculous that yeah yeah we have more money now what can we do and it's you know and and that is very true because we could definitely see the budget expanding with each subsequent oh yeah uh but you know it is still very interesting so shameless plug go back and listen to the paranormal franchise recording it's kind of the same premise of you have to have the first to build on to the subsequent movies and the first just hits harder because it's fresh it's new and like i said i mean that tina death scene is just amazing especially when you consider it's like what filmed in 83 or something it must yeah released in 84 so so yeah it was filmed in 83 and i mean those effects are so goddamn believable yeah because they physically did it. it. They didn't post-production that shit. They actually did it. And it looks amazing. Yeah. It, it feels like, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's very clear that they came up with the idea. Okay. What if it was a guy who killed you in your dreams and then went, what are all of the things that we can do with that? They didn't just go, that's a great idea. I don't know, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like they they capture that weird dream. Like there's a bit where she goes to run up the stairs and her feet just sink into the stairs yes. as though it was like oatmeal. And like that's just such a weird, good, like I'm sure we've all had the dream where something's there and you're trying to run, but you're not running nearly as fast as you want to. And I feel like that visual just perfectly captures that feeling of I need to be going faster yep. and I can't. There's a thing chasing me. The idea of, you know, Okay, well, if he kills you in your dream, then obviously to you know expand on that, what you do in the dream is also affecting the real world. So there's a bit where I think is it Nancy or Tina who wakes herself up by jamming her arm on the on the Nancy. steam pipe. Nancy. 
So like, I, I like how, because in a lot of modern and not, maybe not just modern, but a lot of horror movies, they fall back on the lazy trope. Go listen to Rob and I talk about the bye-bye man where they go to a library <laughs> and they just get super lucky and find somebody who goes, Oh, Fred Krueger. Oh, a dream demon. Oh, you don't want to fuck with a dream demon. Let me tell you everything you want to know about dream demons. Yep. She can't do that here. So she just kind of has to naturally piece together. Oh, wait, when I did, when this happened, I woke up with the Mm -hmm. same scar that I got there and putting my arm on the steam pipe woke me up and I have a burn mark on my arm. So she comes to the conclusion of, I wonder if, oh no, wait, she comes back with his hat. Yep, and then when yep, his ear. His hat. No, his hat. Because then she is struggling with him when she was sedated at that sleep clinic or whatever. Yeah. And then she comes back with the fedora. And even the mom's like, Well, where did you get that? She's like, In my dream. I don't believe you. Yeah, which at that point, like, fuck off, mom. <laughs> like, what like, else do you think I just got this fedora? Like, right? It's just, oh, but no, so then she immediately extrapolates from that, that I could pull him into the real world. Let's do this. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, that was pretty badass. And, you know, pre YouTube. So I just like that. She's just reading a book that maybe she did get from the library. Yeah. About how to just set up booby traps. Yep. And, and that was the original home alone. God, I love that. Cause yeah. I mean, it's like sledgehammer to the chest. Right. And- it's or so the good. The, basically, she built a bomb, didn't she? It's, and then the whole, you know, it's not as exciting that the conclusion is just, oh, he gets his power from your fear. So she just mm-hmm. says, you know, it's essentially to go back to Home Alone, how Kevin McAllister defeats the furnace. Yep. Yep. You're not so tough. And then the furnace is like, okay, and shuts yeah. down. Yeah. That Same was logic part- here. I didn't care for her. She's just like, I'm not going to be afraid of you and turns her back. And he like explodes into sparkles. Yeah, he lunges something. at her and then becomes stardust. <laughs> so that, then, that was a little. Eh. And then we get the ending, which does feature. We, we, we've talked a lot about how the effects are so great. And almost 30 years later, the effects hold up like the, the room turning Freddie coming through the wall, even smaller things like the, the tongue that comes out of the phone. Yep. Like, you know, very simple, you know, cut, cut back. Now there's a mouth on it, but like the long arms, which are like being puppeteered and then or, like he's cutting his fingers. He just cuts yep. his finger off at one point for no reason other than to be like, isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. Or then in that same dream sequence, when he's chasing Tina at the beginning, all of a sudden he just like pops out from behind a tree, like yep. in impossibly, like he was just there. And that was very well done again. Is that the, there's the... A few good, and I'll get back to my uh, the ending in a second. Um, he's not one linering just yet. Uh-uh. That gets worse and worse and worse. Like <laughs> as the sequels go on, there's some prime really good time, ones. bitch. Ooh, yeah, welcome to prime time, bitch. Is <laughs> God, a classic, but they I get laugh. worse and worse. And then there's some like by, by part six, that's all he does. Like each oh. dream sequence will just like have eight or nine like little quips. And I, I love a good one-liner when you kill someone because like path that's like no one's usually around to hear it. It's just for you. And I just right. find that in universe hilarious. Like if you stab someone with a carrot and say, eat your vegetables, like and shoot them up. <laughs> no one heard him say that. Then the guy you stabbed with a carrot is dead. So he just knew that's some cool shit to say and said it for his own self-satisfaction. And I like that. But in this one, He's he's not quit like the closest mm-hmm. thing to that comes to a, a like there's the this is God 
which is like, please God. And he's like, this is God. And then there's when he pops out from the tree, he says, ah, it's bugging me that I can't remember. He like, he says his name, but it's intercut. Like it interrupts another line of dialogue so that it makes sense. But now I don't remember, but like, he's almost always in shadow. Like obviously like Mm -hmm. by part four, he's fucking running around a beach with sunglasses (laughs) on. He's like, yep, there you are. Yep. And again, those are obviously by that point, like very, very different movies. But I just, you know, even now, after this many times, when you go back to the first, you forget like what a different beast Mm -hmm. this movie is. Like he's a very serious dream murderer. Right. Yeah. There's not a lot of slapstick or I mean, it's 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 meant to be scary. I don't think it is. I mean, I, I think in t- like if you butt it up against today's standard of a scary movie, it's not a scary movie. There's really, I think I jumped once and I don't even remember what it was. It was just more of a, I wasn't expecting it. He smashes through a mirror at one point. That's a I pretty good jump that, scare. I think, I think the it. tree one's pretty good, but yeah, there's not a lot of traditional mm-hmm. jump scares. I think it's just such a scary idea. Right. That like just the whole thing is like, Oh god! Like, and there is a lot of really creepy imagery. The one that always stands out to me is the the body bag that gets dragged out of the hallway. That was great. That's a really good bit, and another again, super good effect. Mm-hmm. Which, and then speaking of the body bag, again, I just love journalism in scary movie universes because you know they're on the news and showing Tina's cut up body with the arm flopped out of the uh, body bag on the news like blood dripping from her fingertips and Nancy comes around the corner mom turns off the TV quick like all right I do always like the like the following (laughs) images may shock you and then like we're covered now Uh, small children turn away yeah if you have small children you may want to cover their eyes but also half a second later before you have time to do so dead woman Uh, but no i mean it's just the attention to detail it's funny because i think coming from you know the cgi world we live in right now it's so refreshing and almost shocking to see that they actually just physically did shit instead of post-production yep it's uh it's been a real big conversation lately because of all the marvel stuff Mm -hmm. um the the stories coming out of overworked visual effects artists because marvel is like they probably announced three more projects while we've been talking (laughs) probably and so like they're like you know we got to crank this out we're in a we're an assembly line almost now more than Mm -hmm. we are a, a movie studio And so you hear about, you know, everyone wants to work on a Marvel movie. So these visual effects studios are like under uh, under quoting what they actually should because they just really want the job. And like so much is happening in post-production, like they'll just change the entire third act of a movie or like, no, now you got to edit this in and cut this out. And you know what? We'll film this guy in front of a green screen and we'll figure out what that's going to be later. Like Morbius, his whole Mm -hmm. thing is just like you can tell they filmed two characters talking and then later figured out, you know, sat down and went, okay, what, what are we going to edit over this scene? What are they talking about? Yep. So now there's all this, there's just so much more appreciation and it's such a low bar when you see any modern movie where it's like, oh, they clearly took these actors to a forest and yes. filmed in the forest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've gotten to the point where we appreciate just the dumbest shit effort. 
yeah, I guess we appreciate effort and we're perplexed and pleased when we get it, when we're so conditioned to just forking over money for computerized bullshit. Yeah. Like when you watch Red Notice on Netflix and you go, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they just stayed in the same studio the whole time and they Mm -hmm. just edited things behind them. Yep. And I can tell, and it's really taking me out of the movie. So, and we talk, we're, we, we talk about it in the unreleased season three of flipping through franchises or unreleased at, at, as of this time, that it's so depressing to look at like action movies and go, I like that. I can understand what's happening. And the movie gets extra points because you can say that. Or mm-hmm. when you go, you know what? It looks like they had a clear vision of what the movie would be and executed on that while they were filming it versus in post-production when they went like, okay, so this has to connect to the upcoming Captain Marvel movie and this has to connect to Thor. So how are we going to do that? I should say I like Marvel movies. Please don't attack me, Marvel people, but... Oh, I agree. I love Marvel movies. They are such a freaking good time. But But it does start to feel like a checklist eventually. It does. It very much does. And you, you also go into them expecting the checklist to be checked you don't expect to be wowed or you know to think about the movie three weeks later because a scene called to you you just it's just this is the next one it's a good way to spend three and a half hours because god forbid they could be shorter um anyway all that and i just read a book about like the making of mad max fury road and it's like this thing like it was such a clear vision they executed on and it's a miracle that movie got made all that to say great movie. like it's so it is nice to watch these older movies when they just you know if we're going to do this we have to do it ourselves right now and if we can't make it work we just can't do it yep or uh, my favorite is the one shots where there was one there was a movie or excuse me a scene in the third one we're all over the place where um patricia arquette was standing in this room and like the room kind of exploded around her and you know they had one shot to catch that because they just destroyed their entire set and that was amazing because again it wasn't computerized they literally blew up the walls yeah i and i do think like the 80s is very much now revered as this and part of it is because it spit out so many classic horror movies Mm, obviously but i think just because like you're watching all of these people who were just super passionate about what they were doing and really wanted to do the best job that they could with the resources that they had like one point whatever million dollars is literally 199th of the budget of red notice So like to just like, okay, we do not have a lot to work with, but we're going to do the best that we can. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so much, it's just so much more satisfying to watch than, and CG is a great tool to enhance, but yes, and this is not an original opinion, but we we are just too reliant on it. They're like, no, we can fix it later. We can do whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Let's just get this, 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 and we'll fix it in post. Yep. Whereas if in this movie they got to post and went, oh, we fucked up. I guess this scene isn't in the movie now. Exactly. The stakes were higher. Yep. And you, it showed. Yeah. That's why I, the, the, the whole series, like the creativity on display is just bananas. Mm-hmm. Like running like, oh, we're in a set and then we open a door and we're in a completely different set now, but we didn't cut. So clearly they just, you know, joined these two insane sets. And yeah, it's just... 
I, I do I'm agree not with nodding emphatically right now. <laughs> I do. I do agree with you. I, whenever people ask like, what's your favorite scary movie? I haven't thought of a better answer. So often I do reflexively throw out this one because mm-hmm. it made a big impression on me and I've seen it so many times. Um, it's just such a great idea executed on really well. Yes. Yes. Very much so. So while it may not be like, blah, blah, it's just such a, mm-hmm. like the whole thing is like, what are they going to do? They can't stay awake forever. Like, right. Well, and, and the, like, I don't want to say it's believable, but they, there's a progression to how it goes through the movie instead of immediately, like we've got badass, I'm going to fight. Like they slowly gear up to it where it seems very human in a response versus you know, so many, again, ragging on today's movies where it's just from the get-go, like suddenly this person has nunchucks and knows how to... Uh, that is my biggest issue with modern horror. Too many nunchucks. <laughs> that sounds like a bad rock band. Too many Too nunchucks? Many... <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the movie flows incredibly well. I think mm-hmm. information is dished out in a way that feels natural like the closest we get to just an expository dialogue, you know, exposition dump is the mom, but like, it makes sense in that mm-hmm. moment in the story that we're going to find out like, okay, here's Fred Krueger and here's what happened. And I'd much rather have that than her at the library scrolling through old right. things being like, Hey, Johnny Depp, look at this. Mm-hmm. Or like, like the a, very first page on the Google search. Yeah. Fred yeah. Krueger. Hmm. Hmm. Rumored to be a dream demon. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I That's my gonna, second search. I am going to rag a little bit. Like, so why did the mom keep his glove in the furnace downstairs? Like, that's a weird keepsake. Reminder of better days. M- maybe. Remember that like, time we all got together and killed that dude, then got yeah. Olive Garden? <laughs> like, it was just a good memory of Molotov. I don't know. I, I'm confused. But, yeah. the, Nancy, the neighborhood so rarely came together. It was just the summer barbecue and the time we murdered that guy. And I just wanted to hold on to the memory. Uh, I also have the spatula from the barbecue. (laughs) You can wear the glove and hold it if you want. Also, a glove with knives on the end. Goddamn. Like, that's an that's some iconic shit. We didn't talk about that. Yes. And I did actually enjoy the fact, I think it was in the fourth one we watched last night at one point he's cutting an apple with it so you actually and it it was legitimately it was being cut not cgi so he's running around with some pretty sharp shit on his hand (laughs) yeah it's just such a you know it's such an iconic cool not necessarily always practical thing but i appreciated it yes it just is a it's a great visual um i don't think i have a whole lot more to say (laughs) no but i think we've kind of covered it but we've no, it was it was a it was fun, and I can absolutely see how this movie ranks in so many people's tops and favorites because it was a slasher movie. It had blood and guts, but it was damn good blood and yep. guts, and it was just freaking iconic. Good, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess if you hadn't, of you wouldn't have stuck with the franchise. But no, and would, so, what is just to give the people what they want? <laughs> After watching four of them, what is your current ranking? Mm, I would have to say one, three, two, because it was just fucking bug shit, and four. 
like for I kind of struggled a little bit last night. Yeah. I feel like if I had to predict from here on out, you're ranking. And I, you know what? I won't say it because I don't want to, <laughs> but I will, you know what? I might write it down and then okay, just there, there later be like, this was my prediction. Because <laughs> usually this is how the ranking plays out. Yeah. No, I really. Maybe you'll take a wild swing and be like, six was so good. <laughs> I really enjoyed number three. Like after two, I was kind of going, ooh, we're going, we're going weird and real fast. Because two was just a whole lot of yeah. something. Two, I said, I think is the frozen two of 80s horror. Yeah. Where they sat down and went, this movie has so much potential what's the next story we're going to tell? And I remember when we watched Frozen 2, we went, this is a real weird choice to be like, this is the story we're going to tell to our big blockbuster animated movie. Right. When you watch Nightmare 2, you're thinking the same thing. Like, it's so strange that they yes. went, this is the story we want to tell following yep. the first one. And it was just, it was so weird because they had built so much of a Freddy foundation. And then they went in a totally different, different direction and it almost made it feel like the whole foundation was superb it was it was good like if i would have watched it with i like to yeah yeah like if i would have watched it completely in a vacuum removed from everything else i think it's a decent standalone but as a follow-up to one it's just weird yeah very much so it's not surprising that for the third they went back to west craven and went can you come back please and it was really good fine Yes, he came in, did them a favor, wrote a dope movie, and then was like, Mm -hmm. "I'm gonna leave again." Well, and then so, and then they do a few more, and then after six, they go back and go, "We fucked up again." (laughs) He's like, "Oh my god, fine, I'll do seven. See, and then I was like, "This Wes Craven guy, he's on to something." And I I looked at my husband last night, and I was like, "Oh shit, did you know that this Wes Craven guy also did (laughs) Scream?" And he just looked at me and did not say a word and just kept watching. He's like, nope, not doing this. Technically, Wes Craven re- like revitalized horror in three separate decades because Last House on the Left in the 70s kind of kicked things a bit, I think. And then Nightmare on Elm Street like literally saved a production company in the 80s. And then in the 90s, he brought back the slashers, like reinvented the slasher genre with, with Scream. So... Which I think will be our next franchise watch. My husband and I, not the podcast, but just because I, I definitely think Scream could be very good too. Yeah, we did the first. We did the first one. I've always kind of dabbled with going, like, taking Kim and continuing through the rest of them. Maybe we will. Yeah. There's a lot of franchises. It turns out, like even if we <laughs> only did horror, we would have enough content to last a decade. I believe so. it. It's the why at least now it's like, okay, we did a comedy, we did, or we did like a family mm-hmm. franchise, we did horror, now we're doing action. I don't want to just do horror, horror, horror. Anyway, we've talked enough about that podcast. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, still a damn good movie. Agreed. Uh, what is something you're currently enjoying? Because this might be tough. It sounds like you're just watching Nightmare on Elm Street movies. <laughs> I mean, there's that. Uh, we also uh, love Somebody Feed Phil on netflix oh i've heard of it i have not it's seen it so cute and it's so good and i just i i don't know it's just such a feel good easy watch because this phil rosenthal he's the guy that did uh everybody loves raymond and he's such a character and he just seems kind of like everybody's dad he's so happy to be everywhere he's so excited about this food it's just it's just 
like when you need to watch something because you need a nice warm hug, go watch an episode of that show. It's just fun. Okay. Oh man, I don't know. What are we? We we finished a bunch of shows, but they're ones I've already talked about. Like Superstore, we finished. Ted Lasso, we finished. The only thing that stands out is we watched the Bob's Burgers movie and we have never, ever seen an episode of Bob's Burgers. You haven't? Never. Oh my God. And so I was like, apparently the movie's super good. And my brother was like, yeah, it's funny. And then he's never seen an episode. I was like, do you want to watch the Bob's Burgers movie? And we really liked it. I, I didn't like, it's such a rapid fire. Like there's jokes are being i assume the show is the same like just yep. whipped at you at a yep. at a rate that's almost hard to keep up with where i'm registering like that was a funny line and then there's already been like three more yep and it's so just now that I'm same like, dry just it's so it's good so it's really funny movie and so i was like maybe we should watch the show and then i was like there's 12 seasons yep. so we have not done that yet <laughs> maybe we will or maybe i'll just you know what i liked that movie and maybe we can move on it's worth it it's undecided it's, fun. it's- very fun and enjoyable so i will throw out there it's on disney plus if you've never seen an episode of the show it doesn't really seem to matter like obviously nope. there'll be some characters that i'm sure we're exciting to see that we're like i don't know uh but uh yeah we my wife was like kind of at first like uh, i don't know and then because <laughs> like that it is a very like it is in your face like joke yeah. joke 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 yes. joke so the first bit it was like this might be a lot to deal with but uh no we enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting to. So, and it's so like next week we'll see. There's so much stuff hitting streaming. Like Prey <laughs> is tonight's viewing. I'm super excited to watch Prey. Uh, there's the Sandman show on Netflix that apparently is fantastic. Hmm. So, yeah, I know we're, we're almost struggling with deciding what we want to watch right now because it's just bah, so there's much stuff. so much stuff. And then it's arguably too much stuff. It is. And then you have to choose wisely because if you choose something that not everybody else is watching, then the assholes on the internet are going to ruin it. That's why I'm doing prey first, because I know there are people who watched it at six o'clock this morning (sighs) with the fucking sun shining through their windows just so they could go on the internet and be like, I watched it first. and I have things to say. Yep. So I have muted the word prey, which is great because I won't see religious stuff or predator stuff. That. So this is good. Wait, no. The other prey is spelled with an A. Fuck. It is. No, no you're, no. you're still. Yay, Christianity. Well, you know what? I'll get <laughs> people who don't know how to spell prey. <laughs> there you go. So, That's you a twofer right there. Yeah, that works out fine. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Remember to check out uh, Goodwill is Hunting. We uh, have the third season of Flipping Through Franchises halfway recorded. That should release, I would think, late August, early September. Just in time for back to school, I guess. (laughs) Something to listen to on the commute as you drop your kids off. And they'll go, these two guys say a lot of bad words. And you'll go, yeah, well, I guess that's the end of that. Yep. (laughs) Can we listen to the radio? No. (laughs) This is mommy's time. And in the interim, AK is going to take us out with a classic Nightmare on Elm Street 1 quote. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Do they do that in the first movie? Oh, hell yeah.
Okay. And that's as much as I'm singing. So even now, like having just watched the first one literally this morning, I still sometimes get them mixed up with the sequels. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Sing the whole thing. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. That was it. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Fittingly, good night, everybody. So for all those things nostalgic, I also do we sit like this.